Hey, what's going on? We are back up in this thing. Welcome to another episode of the Talk My Credo podcast. I'm your boy Dante Credo here with my brothers from another in the building. Craig Mac, return of the Mac. He's on the road. How you doing, sir? Hey, love and peace, baby. Love and peace. Bet, bet. And Minister Shaw, Mandela is in the building. What's up, bro? What's up with you now? What's up? What's up? Up in here, up in this thing. And uh, uh, I don't know if you guys are watching, but if you look really closely in that far left corner, you can see Big E Shabazz, the magic man. You can see him I up in there. You got to look Rick. <laughs> I can't see the goddamn thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but uh, it's all good, bro. We're going to rock this thing out. And before we get started, before we do anything else, there's something I need to go ahead and get off my chest. to Earl Simmons, a.k.a. DMX, passed away recently. Um, He's the dog, I, man. It, it's, it's, honestly, I'm more relieved. He, he was like the epitome of, you know, fighting his demons. You know what I'm saying? And one thing I will say, I was actually more of a fan of Earl Simmons, the man, more so than DMX, the artist, if that makes sense. Ooh, yeah, 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 because, yeah. Because, you know, even though his music is iconic and will live forever, because there's there's no one like him, uh, and I don't think there'll be anyone else like him, uh, at least yeah. in my lifetime. But I remember, Craig, you, you remember we used to get in that red Jeep of yours, and we Bronco, where we was going, and was it the Bronco? Was that the Bronco? Yes, sir. <laughs> we was getting that red Bronco, and we used to go to like the mall or somewhere, blasting DMX. Couldn't tell us twenty shit. years ago. <laughs> Couldn't tell us shit. <laughs> but, but I think of DMX, and I think of those those days where you know we were. Young, I don't, I don't want to say young and dumb. We weren't necessarily dumb, but we we were foolish. I put it. There. <laughs> we were young and silly. We're necessarily dumb, but rest in peace, the DMX man. Um, you definitely won't be forgotten. Just the the impacts you left, just on the world. Not even so much on the music industry. Just the world is uh, is definitely something. Uh, that will not be forgotten for a long time. So rest in peace. 
Rest yeah. in peace. Yeah. I, I, I know I know DMX was your guy, Craig. So I, I figured I would at oh, least put some sort yeah. of treatment up in there. So I don't know about everybody else, but X was different. He wasn't talking about bling. He wasn't hanging with with fuck daddy. It wasn't about that. It was about the dog, the demon inside of you, your inner struggle, and what you yeah. got to do to come to the other side. Now, maybe everybody don't see it like that, but that's how I saw it. That's what I felt. Uh, and, you know, to be honest with you, man, he was entertaining. Like, yeah. when, he, when he hit the scene, it was movies. It was it was music. It was DMX was like, he was it. Like, this yep. was a different era, a different level. And, you know, I just pray for his family, man. You know, I, I understand, you know, like, there is a little bit of peace to be found because he did have a lot of struggles. Right. Yeah. See, and that, and, and that's what I like. And I like the fact that, um, that, that Puff, you know, he chimed in on the Earl and you chimed in on the dog because that's basically what his music was about. You know, DMX was the artist. Mm -hmm. Earl was the influence. Earl was the influence. So when you got those, I think, Craig, remember when we used to go back and forth, I didn't never like being Damon because it was just something about that, you know, the, the enemy, the dark side. I was like, you know, but we would go back and forth. I rap one part, you do the other part. And I was like, yo, you know, it was, but it was still him. So yeah. it was his conflict. And then like, I was telling somebody the other day, I said, I remember when I was 14 years old, 15 years old, riding a bike, riding bikes now, listening to slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Yep. Had it in a Walkman. I told my kids about that, my kids said, what's a Walkman? I say, see y'all. I say y'all don't know that, you know what I mean? But yeah, man. But just that, you know, Dark Man X, just him knowing, and but he acknowledged his demons. He acknowledged his struggles. Right. Right. He always yeah. spoke them out, and he never really hid. He one of those ones that if he really chimed in and he really became a preacher, he would fill up the pulpit because he's not one of those ones who really hide his sin. Because right. a lot of a lot of church folk do. A lot of them won't be won't. They're afraid to tell people their struggles, tell people where they came from because. Every single person that actually gave their life to Christ, you didn't do it when you was in a club partying. You did it when right. at your downfall. You did it when you was in a dark place. You did it when you were struggling. You did it when you lost somebody that you really love. So I really appreciate, you know, Dan Mix in a mighty way. But yeah, because even on his record, who can have a record like stop, drop, shut him down? You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden say, let's pray. Let's pray. And you all do this right here. Yeah. You all do this right here. Because you're like, yep. this man just prayed. In the club. Mm -hmm. And I know rap, you can relate because I know how many times when you used to have to go rap in the club, mm -hmm. in a real club, and get more love from the club folk than you did the church folk. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was always the damnedest thing to see. Uh, but yeah. that was one thing that it just, it's exactly as you said, he was not afraid to be who he was, flaws and all. And yeah. th that, that's what drew me more to Earl Simmons because yeah. um, it was it was a transparency there. And honestly, I, I can't even say there's, you know, a difference between, you know, Earl Simmons and DMX as far as artist and the person goes, because he, yeah. wherever he was, he was himself. Even if yeah. you're watching him in a, in a movie, whatever role he's playing, you'd be like, I, I don't even know what this story is about. That's DMX. That's yeah, DMX. That's DMX. Because he was who he was, flaws in all, this is who I am, this is my struggles, and no matter whatever your opinion may be of this decision, that decision, this situation, that situation, this is me. And I'm going to get through it or not. I'm, I'm either I'm going to succeed at it or I'm going to fail at it. But either way, it's me doing it. And and that's yeah. and they're, 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 he had an authenticity about him that honestly, 
I, I can't think of names that would that was like on that level of just authentic. That just that is who he was, and he wasn't trying to be anything else or anyone else. That's why when you mention when he would pray and and preach in these clubs and in these places where you would think would be the last place that you would find any sort of semblance of religion or spirituality, the way he would turn that place out. You know, yeah. celebrities coming out of the crowds of his concerts after he would pray and, and hugging him and, and, and crying in his arms because what he prayed was just so powerful for people. Yeah. And and just, it, it, was, it was that depth because I think you don't reach that level like you said, Philip, when you have to be in a dark place. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to be in a place to where you you have to understand the spirituality of things. And once you recognize that struggle, like, that's what I see. A constant struggle of a man warring against his demons, trying to fight his way to the light. And that's what I'm like. I'm not too worried about him, honestly, because I think he found his way to the light. And though it was a hell of a fight, a hell of a struggle, but I, I believe that that he found his way. He finally was able to to get to that light. And uh, someone mentioned this. I forgot who mentioned this, but they described DMX as a person who experienced or would experience more pain on this earth than off the earth. Like if that makes sense. And yeah. right. And uh, and that's that's probably the best description. That he's someone who would be more at peace, not on the earth, than he was when he was on the earth. As great and as legendary as he was, he is still in a better place. And that's not a cliche, but so rest in peace, Earl Simmons, Dark Man X. Um your your legacy would definitely live on, my brother. And yeah, I, I could not start without without honoring without honoring the man. But um speaking of which, I'm 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 I'ma stay on on the, the, the church part for just a minute. Uh, because Philip, I want to get your take on this here. Uh I was reading an article uh maybe maybe about a few days ago where there was a, a pastor here in North Carolina that that mentioned that you know the great falling away, as you read in the Bible, that, you know, a lot of people would turn away from the church. So he was speaking on that. And he mentioned that, well, the reason that people are, are leaving the church these days is not because of, you know, sin or or whatever evilness is going on. People are leaving the church because of the church. And yeah. I, I thought that was very interesting because personally, you know, and I'll get into whatever details that I, I will. But personally, that's why I left the church. It wasn't because of, you know, I've, you know, sold my soul to the devil or, you know, any type of evil mess like that. I was pissed off and tired of dealing with the church. So I said, forget it. So uh, in that vein, what would you say to that person that this pastor is talking about? So I'll I'll read a little bit of this article here. Um, I'm not sure if you guys can read it, so because uh, I know the words look a little small on this screen, but it basically says 
Earlier this week, there was a polling thing that showed that less than 50% of Americans report belonging to a faith community. Back in 1970, Amer uh, back in 1970, when they first started tracking this data, more than 70% of Americans belong to a religious community. This is a pa the pastor speaking. As a pastor, when I heard this, I thought of a little known passage in the 10th chapter in the book of Ezekiel when the prophet watches in horror as the glory of God leaves the temple. That's not the standard response to news like this. The party line is to blame this generation for being less faithful or the media for corrupting hearts or the government for taking prayer out of school. Once we finish blaming those outside our communities, we turn to those inside and pressure them to give more, work more, sacrifice more to reverse the trend. But I don't think any of that is a faithful response because while in church membership is declining, people are still hungry for the things of God as they ever been. People are still seeking justice, forgiveness, hope, love, and belonging. People are still desperate for mercy and meaning, for second chances. People are still seeking the holy and the holy one is still seeking people. So the problem isn't with those outside of the church and it certainly isn't with God. The, the problem, and it is a problem, is with us. The problem is that most of the church in America looks like America than the body of Christ. The church makes the news for all the wrong reasons. Seminary leaders who passionately denounce critical race theory but are silent about the white supremacy that formed their curriculum and institutions. Pastors who care more about not being called racist than learning how to meaningfully participate in racial reconciliation. Christians care more about defending their right to buy a weapon than advocating to end police brutality. You know, so on and so forth. And uh, it, it continues on, but, you know, I just kind of stopped there because you kind of get the gist there. But what would you say, you know, as, as this pastor kind of writes, you know, we point the finger to everything else. You know, with the media, it's the liberal media. Uh, it's, you know, this thing, that thing, our generation, uh, their godless generation, Generation Z and blah, 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 blah. What are your thoughts about about this? Well, um, thank you for asking. You know, that's mm -hmm. stuff I've been talking about. And I think, you know, we've talked about this plenty of times about how people get so caught up in religion or, you know, those church folk. And um, mm -hmm. I don't consider myself a church folk, you know. Um, right. I'm a I'm a believer of Christ, you know. What I mean, I'm a minister. Mm -hmm. um, wait, wait, and get to these churches and, and be that full pastor like I am for my family. But mm -hmm. yeah, it, it is us. I mean, it was a story I heard about a guy. He was in church and um, his phone his phone went off. And when his phone went off in the church, the pastor scolded him at that moment in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. And then when he looked down at his phone, it was the pastor, but dialing him. Wow. So so everybody talked junk about him, right? So he ended up leaving. Mm -hmm. That day he was so depressed, he ended up going to the bar. And he went to the bar and uh he was drinking himself uh, like like ridiculous. He wasted a drink, dropped the glass and everything. And um when he did that, he said, Oh my bad, I apologize. He had apologized just like he apologized to the pastor. And mm -hmm. they said, No, no, don't worry about it. We got it. So mm -hmm. he never left the bar ever since because the bar showed him more love than the church group. The, the bar showed right. him more forgiveness than the church folk. But we have to get to that point of exercising. Like I tell people all the time, I even say it now, even, you know, when I talk to my moms about certain things, look, we got to exercise love no matter what. Right. And once you exercise love, their response, you don't have no control over their response. Once you exercise love, period, even if you don't want it. And that's why sometimes I ask my kids stuff 
knowing they're going to say no. Mm-hmm. But I ask them to see if that love is going to be in them. And my son, hey, can I have that piece of bacon? He go, huh? But he give it to me anyway. Right. He give it to me anyway, and I say, thank you. Then I give him two pieces of bacon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we have to change ourselves. We can't continue to push people out of church and say, oh, well, you know, the Lord. No, man, I'm not saying that homosexuality is right. I'm not saying that drug dealing is right. I'm not saying these things that people consider sin is right. Mm-hmm. But because of that sin, you're going to hate the man. Right. Because we all fall short. We and no fall. sin is greater than the next. Because, mm-hmm. you know, um, whether you're going home at night and looking at a porno site, you know, I remember, I remember mm-hmm. certain complications that the brothers may have had in that area. Mm-hmm. But, what's, but what's right and what's wrong? I mean, you know, no, no, we're not going to sit there and highlight one thing and not highlight everything. And mm-hmm. I've been in predicaments where people highlighted one thing off of accusation and not really understanding the fullness of it. So we have to change the way we think about things. We have to change the way we view people and their circumstances, situations, because we don't know. We don't know what took them that far. And yeah, yeah, it's 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 the people. It's the people. And the people make the church. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> you know, when they say we are the church, that, that's a combination of all of us. So, you know, but God is in the midst even when you're at your house. Yep. So God yep. is in the midst. You know, that's the synagogue. Yeah. Right. You know? the, the thing that really spoke to me uh, when I was reading this article is is the part where he says, you know, so the problem isn't with those outside the church and it certainly isn't with God. The problem, and it is a problem, is with us. The problem is that most of the church in America looks more like America than the body of Christ. Mm. That's been, that's been my main criticism is that (laughs) we've put the, uh, like the church is is more like a personality trait that you put on Tinder or yeah. whatever dating profile you're on. You know, it's not as this this is what I don't want to say control. This is the discipline that I submit my life to. More yeah. so and then everything else will fall under my submission to this discipline. But when it comes to America, it's just like, well, I'm 59 Black hair, brown eyes. Uh, I like pizza. I'm a Christian. I like long walks on the beach. You know th- that that type of thing. It's just yeah. it's just a, a, an attribute, you know. And when it comes to America, we use Christianity as an attribute. Christianity and Jesus is just a, is America's mascot. We think it's the eagle. We think it's the Statue yeah. of Liberty. We think it's all these other things, but it's it, it's Jesus. Jesus is the mascot. Is America's mascot. And yeah. I, I say it all the time, like the most bigoted, hateful, prejudiced people, you'll find them in the church, actively oh, yeah. in the church, yeah. believing that they are believing that they are themselves, you know, righteous and holy and, and they do everything, you know, right. You know? Yeah. And, and and that's the thing when you get into the church and you prioritize the building and your social status because that's again that's basically what people follow Christianity for anyway is either social status yeah. is more like an attribute on a dating profile versus yeah. because I, I when we talk about stuff like this you know everyone knows I come from the church did gospel music for like 10 years and I was more effective and was more loved 
rapping and performing inside of clubs in non-church places, non-religious yeah. sectors. Uh, I experienced the most prejudice and discrimination in the church. And yeah. it was like, okay, so let me step away from this. Let me step all the way away. Let me find out who God is for myself. We say it's a personal relationship with God. Then let me make it personal. I'm mm -hmm. not going to be hindered by what this building says and the set of rules that this building sets on me that aren't even found in the scriptures. I'm not going to worry about people's opinions to uphold certain social statuses and this, that, and the third. I'm going to find who God is for myself. I'm going to make some mistakes, and I have. I'm going to do some stupid stuff, and I have. But in the end, I'm going to have that relationship with God that's outside of the culture and yeah. religion of Christianity to where... As I see now, Christianity is, it looks like America versus yeah. and not like the body of Christ. So, I mean, and that's just it. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. But yet, you know, I, even when I look, I, I don't know about what anybody else about says, they didn't say go make Christians, they said go make disciples. Mm hmm. And we got so caught up in that word Christian, knowing this don't even say it well, four or five times in the whole Bible, period. If that, yeah, no, if that. If that, in the entire Bible. And people people think they get so caught up in that, just like they just get so caught up in religion. And, you know, overall, you know, when you got a love for people, man, you know, I remember that struggle. And, you know, we talked about this, that struggle that you went through dealing with that. Mm -hmm. And for them to condemn, condemn, condemn. And I'm like, what in the world y'all got going on? If you want something you never had, you got to do something you never done. And mm -hmm. I, I remember hearing... Mr. Maddox say that. I remember hearing Craig Pop say that all the time. Y'all want something? Yep. You know you know what I mean? But you got to work for it. But to have people so set in their ways and not really want to 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 love on people, not, not, not even being able to want to love something different than what you used to. Mm -hmm. So God created me to have this voice, to have this creative mindset because the devil can't create. Mm -hmm. No, and, you know, you know he, he, he corrupts, but he don't create. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, because you always got a choice. And when you choose that side, then that's what it ended up becoming. But, yeah, man, you know, it, it, I, I, I like everything that, you know, that particular person said. Um, it's something that probably need to be said. Uh, I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure it's a video on that person saying that. But I mm -hmm. know when, you bear, when, when you're not willing to look at different sides of the, the, the fence, the left and the right, the gray and the black, mm -hmm. the, the brown, and whatever it may be, white and black, however it may be, then you can't really understand people. Period. So, Mr. Mack, you you good over there, bro? What what do you think uh, about you know politicizing church? I think I think he's gone. I think the more, hey, way he's driving it, keep taking him in and out because he's yeah, still on there, but he just keep going in and out. So now, this, now let me go ahead and just say just just a quick pause. You know, Craig Mack's a real one, so he he driving out from like the middle of nowhere, driving home to the middle of nowhere and, uh, and still on it <laughs> and still on it and still on it man like that's that's my brother right there um yeah, that's little red but yeah so he's dealing with that uh connection issues as he's driving uh but it, it's it's more of a political thing and it's actually more of a republican prerequisite yeah if, if yeah. you want to be a republican you must be a christian and if you want, if you must be conservative, then Christianity must be a part of your attribute list. Yeah. Uh, 
Now, they can't tell you no scripture. They can't break anything down for you. The, the only scripture they remember is John 3.16. If yeah. They, it, uh, yeah. And they may confuse it with Austin 3.16 if they're a wrestling fan. So and, I know that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they can't tell you anything about Christianity, but I believe him in blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus. Um, Jesus. Dear Lord, baby Jesus. Yeah, so. Hey, can y'all hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. So I don't really have an opinion mm -hmm. about religion because it's all in your mm -hmm. belief structure. It's all in your yeah. social structure, how you've been taught or how you've been trained. So it, it's not for me to judge one's belief or mm -hmm. religion. And I say that, but I need to hit some facts. Uh -huh. you know, I like to yep. hit facts and religion a little bit and a little bit of history. Do you know that Jesus, the, the iconic image, the blonde hair, blue eyes, praying, sun rays hitting on him, mm -hmm. do you know that image wasn't created until 1911? Right. That's facts. So that's not always been the image. Uh -huh. The Bible doesn't yeah. describe him as blonde hair and blue eyed. Mm -hmm. It describes him of having skin of, was it sand bronze, or dust? Skin or bronze. Yeah. Bronze skin, bronze, hair like wool. Mm -hmm. Hair like wool. Now, mm -hmm. I don't know that's the my last tape. time you that's my tape. your hair. <laughs> <laughs> they look like my tape right there. I don't know if you ever touched your hair <laughs> and compare it to uh, wool, right? Mm -hmm. But there's a very, there's a lot of similarities to it. Because uh -huh. uh, wool, contrary to popular belief, is now silky smooth. Mm -hmm. it's, it's coarse and it's, it's coarse. rugged. It's designed to protect the animal, just like our hair is designed to protect us from the mm -hmm. sun. Um, yeah. So the institution of church, let's be honest, it's become uh, an institution for making money. Yeah. Um, it, it, it doesn't hey, do Ma. a whole lot. <laughs> hey, Mama Shaw. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> yeah. She gave us the thumbs up. Yep. Gave you thumbs up. Yeah, she didn't want to interrupt. She about to go to work. <laughs> I got you. So does it it doesn't truly is. Um the real the real mission is to bring those that are struggling to a better place. And mm -hmm. when the when the Romans killed Jesus, when they crucified him. It was because of the effect that he had on the poor. He was able to mobilize the poor. Um, mm -hmm. So, like, people don't understand that concept. They don't see it from a historical point of view. They only see it from a religious point of view. They mm -hmm. didn't kill Jesus because he was the son of God. They killed him because he had power. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's true. That, that, that's your question. That's your answer right there, uh, Rafi. Because um, yep. uh, um, they got too political. He knew what was right, mm -hmm. and he still said, "Well, what y'all want me to do then?" Uh -huh. Okay, well, I'm gonna watch, I'm gonna wash my hands of this. Y'all go, y'all, y'all, y'all go ahead, and let it be done. And his his wife tried to tell him, but yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, you right, Craig. You hit it right on it. Yep, they're basically right on the head, and just the the looking through history and then looking through american history and so it's it's why i will maintain the the hot take of 
if people really knew who the Jesus they think they serve is, mm. they wouldn't be the way that they they are. And what I mean is they prioritize. Their, their priority list is my country, then my God. But yeah. it should be what? The other way around. Yeah. Because yeah. as you said, they killed Jesus, not because he was this son of God, but he was a threat to the establishment. He was a yeah. threat to the government. He empowered the poor. Mm. The very same reason. I'm not saying that these two are similar on the same plane. They killed Martin Luther King because he empowered the poor. They yeah. killed Malcolm X because he empowered the poor. I'm not saying they are Jesus, but yeah. the principle is still the same. Is you are a threat to the establishment, the society that we hold. We must get rid of you. And understanding that principle, there is no way that you can be as patriotic as you say you are. Oh, I stand for my country. I, I back the blue and blah, 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 blah. Blue lives matter. And oh, we support the military when Colin Kaepernick is kneeling because he's disrespecting the flag. But, you know, we'll still leave him homeless on the street. Um, we still won't do anything about the suicide rate. But but for grandstanding and for, you know, optics sake, you know, we support our troops. You wouldn't be as patriotic and fake as you were. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, yeah. you know, uh, um, speaking of, of which, so we, we want to take a, a nice little pivot and, and, and this was, uh, Eric's take here because whenever we mention BLM, he goes off, but, uh, <laughs> but I'll, I'll go off in his, in, in his place in, in this go round. So. I'll go ahead and say it again. I'm no fan of Black Lives Matter, the organization. I feel like it's a co-opted movement. I feel like it's not for black people. I feel it's a democratic engine that as for decades uses black support, profits off of black pain. Um, I believe it is also a front to push the LGBTQ agenda. And yeah, I'll stand on that. But Recently, the BLM co-founder is uh, under some some heat right now because she went splurging. She bought some homes, million-dollar homes out in California. So I'll, I'll go ahead and read this article. You know, Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Cullors is under fire for allegedly going on a real estate buying binge where she purchased four high-end homes with some being in wealthy, predominantly white neighborhoods. According to property reports referenced by the New York Post, Colors is accused of purchasing four high-end homes for $3.2 million in the U.S. She's also said, said she's been eyeing property in the Bahamas, an exclusive luxury beachfront resort outside of Nassau, where condos are priced between $5 to $20 million. Mm. Colors, is a, Colors' real estate binge was put on blast on Wednesday, April 7th, after it was revealed that she bought a $1.4 million compound uh, that she recently purchased out there in California. It's a 2,300 square foot property. It features a whole bunch of stuff. So it, it, it features uh, soaring ceilings, skylights, and plenty of windows. 
And that's just one can of I, the homes. Now, can doing I ask the a question? Yes, sir. What's up? And I, I apologize. Maybe this is me. Maybe I haven't done enough research on this situation. Mm-hmm. But what does she do that's so wrong? Well, the the issue is, is and th- th- this would be Eric's insert here. They've raised a hundred million dollars, and people don't even know where the money is. Or yeah, where they ain't donate nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and so the first instance of money that comes from BLM is the co-founder dropping almost four million dollars on homes and looking to buy, you know, uh, other exclusive properties in the Bahamas for herself. So that's where a lot of a lot of this heat is coming from because ever since it was reported which they had to that they raised a hundred million dollars over the summer uh that was sparked by the george floyd thing and it sparked the black lives matter movement worldwide they got a worldwide support and they just kind of went away joe biden was elected president and then they just kind of went away until recently which we'll talk about that a little bit but uh so then it was like, well, what's happening for the black community? What are you guys doing for black lives right now? You got $100 million. Where is it going? And the first time you hear about any type of money coming from that organization is when one of his founders is, you know. Buying a house, a million dollar house. So. Is it against the law? Well, no, it's not against the law, but th- there is a bit of transparency there that, that raises doubt. And I think. I think that's the the major point there is, you know, she's perfectly legal. Even if this is money that that she used that was raised, no, it's not necessarily illegal. But again, is it right? Yeah, it's the right is when you're dealing with the ethics of, of it. Is it actually right? It's not illegal, but is it right? Because for far too long, we've talked about we criticized the likes of Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson, you know, for, you know, race hustling and, and race baiting and profiting off of black pain. Uh, you're being crumps of the world. And then this looks like yet another instance and probably by large, the, the most egregious is once again, people feeling like they've been tricked by one of their own. Okay. My, my bad. Maybe, maybe I'm just too much. I'm too Americanized. Right. So like any any organization that raises money, they don't have to spend the majority of that money on their actual calls, right? This is true. So like it doesn't surprise me when you take people that were probably making thirty or forty thousand dollars a year and then they get the donation thing going and it makes millions of dollars and now they're using it for their own benefit like what did y'all mm-hmm. think she was gonna do with the money right this <laughs> is I mean, true. that's just me this is true. i'm not trying to yeah. be funny i'm being like yo she wasn't mm-hmm. making millions of dollars last year so now that she has access to millions of dollars what do you what what did you honestly think the money was going to go towards did you honestly think she was going to buy a school or rebuild the projects what did you honestly think the money would go towards? Honestly, give me an honest mm-hmm. opinion. Because I can't tell you one thing that I thought that they would raise money for other than to possibly give money to George Ford's family. But to mm-hmm. fix the hood? 
No. I, I think, honestly, you're, you're absolutely right. Let me go and start there. I think you're absolutely right. What were you expecting? And that's kind of the question now from other people. Like, what, what were you expecting her to do? Um, People, once again, and I, I, I'll go back to uh, what I said previously, is they believed in her and they believed in this group to do something for them that no one else has done. And that is to implement some sort of system uh, reformation, even reparations uh, in a sense to black communities. You know, of course you can't do for everyone, but say a major city or something, um, you know, get into a school, invest in to get these schools or get established banks in black communities, establish a school. You know, of course you can't put a school in every community, but in some, in something, something, yeah. something that black people can look at and be like, this is what our efforts did. This is what we protested for. This is what, you know, we, uh, you know, got in the street and stood toe to toe with cops and stuff for they, they were looking for something that said, this is what we did. And, and the only thing they can look towards now are luxury homes off in California or off in the, to the Bahamas. So that that's what I think they were expecting. Like, okay, we did this for y'all. The organization is called Black Lives Matter. So we expected y'all to treat black people black as if they matter, you know? And she so, did. But, but, but she did. She just, she just spent $4 million for her black family. They good. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know y'all think I'm being funny. No, I get no, it. Nah, you good? Yeah. But it's, but it's, it's real. Let me let, let me ask you this question: Have you ever seen the Give a Wish Foundation or the the, the starving children in Africa? Right. Uh huh. You know, ninety percent of that does not go to the starving children in Africa. No. Yeah. The the Hillary Clinton Foundation. It was designed to help Haiti out. Remember that? Mm-hmm. They they actually had it set up that they were the only organization by law that was able to help with Haiti. Less than ninety, less than less than five percent actually went towards Haiti. Mm. That's insane. It's Which been proven. True. That's absolutely this true. That, that is true. Yes, that's that true. That is facts. I'm telling you facts here. The Hillary mm-hmm. Clinton Foundation was guaranteed to help Haiti after the earthquake. Less than five mm-hmm. percent went to Haiti. Yeah. That's so <laughs> so when white people do it, it's just business. When black mm-hmm. people do it, it's it's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. That is true. But you know, we, we need to be across the board. That was definitely a conspiracy in of itself. But and also with your Feed the children and make a wish foundation. You're absolutely right. They will get in front of these cameras and they will, you know, show these black kids with flies flying in their faces and up their nose and be like, hey, come on in and and, and save these children. And th- they'll give that child 36 cents to, to go buy them some some uh some used flip-flops, but they'll, yeah, they'll keep that 36 million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is crazy, but you're absolutely right. Like, but that's, and, but that's business. 
even the lottery is like that. Do you know that the lottery yeah. is founded by individual corporations, right? So when you're giving that money for a lottery ticket because it's supposed to be for education, it right. doesn't go to education. It doesn't go to education, yeah. It goes yeah. to a private company that only has to give X amount per year to education. And when I say yep. X, 10% or less. Right. Yeah. Because that, that is that's also proven to be true. So that's where if, if there's if there's a million dollar jackpot, trust the money was put in it was fifty plus million. Yeah. And they're right. only gonna give you the quote unquote hundred, but once the government take you only walking away with three hundred thousand. So it's right. <laughs> so, but to to say I, I, I hate to say it like this to my listeners out there, but I told you so. A lot of us that sat here with the side eye, like, mm, uh, no, nah, don't trust it. <laughs> it. It's a business. They opened up shop. And like everyone else that you accused of, your Al Sharptons and this, that, and the third, these, these people, that people that profit off of black pain, they did the exact same thing. BLM opened up a Feed the Children Foundation on y'all, raised $100 million. And now they're buying houses off in the Bahamas. Because <laughs> the government, there's no entity that's going to tell them, hey, you raised a million dollars, now you got to give. No, you don't give. This is America. You ain't got to give that money to nobody. They have, they have to give away a percentage. By law, I mean, it's, it, I mean and then they might be, if they listed on a nonprofit, then their percentage is not as to, much as, yeah. yeah like, so I mean, I, why are we why are we even upset? Why you should be happy that a non-millionaire became a millionaire? Why? That's what you should be happy about. We just created a, a, we're, there, we're, yeah, we're, a we're, one step closer to be well off. closing the wage gap. Yeah, that's all that happened. That's all. That's all that happened. That's all that was going to happen. Yeah. So in, in fairness, they did issue a response. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll read this response here in a second. Oh, that's the wrong one. So th their response was, and this was actually as of, uh, as of today. Said the, so the Black Lives Matter organization, you know, they heard all this stuff, and so they responded. They said, uh, Patrice Colors is the executive director of BLM Global Network Foundation. She serves in this role in a volunteer capacity and does not receive a salary or benefits. Patrice has received a total of $120,000 since the organization's inception in 2013 for duties such as serving as a spokesperson and engaging in political education work. Patrice did not receive any compensation after 2019. The statement continues to be, abundant, to be abundantly clear as a registered 501c3 BLM cannot and did not commit any organizational resources towards the purchase of personal property or by any employee or volunteer. Any insinuation or assertion to the contrary is categorically false. Um, and so that they continue on, but people don't believe it. I don't believe it because I also understand that there's ways of making uh, being having access to money with a 501c3. That's why most people that opens up businesses or fundraisers or any type of non-profit like there's ways to go around that trust me i know um because i've done it myself 
and on a much much smaller capacity of course but i've done it um so i i, I think they had to give this response for legal purposes in case you know some audit or fbi or whatever decide to come snoop around but i still don't buy it but hey it's it's as you mentioned craig it's a business of course blm themselves aren't paying her directly but she's being compensated definitely she hasn't been paid yeah. since 2019 of course not directly because you know where is she going to speak uh where is she going to debate and, and hold these rallies or educational programs and all this type of stuff it's cool but uh it is what it is and, and uh, she our age now so we yeah. might we might need to catch up on something because she's 37 uh, years old yeah but it, it's just I, i'm just wondering who, who can i exploit and and profit off their pain like i, I don't know i don't know but um we're going to do it. It's going to have to be a different way from how they're doing it. Cause I think that lane's already filled, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but all that being said, it is what it is. It is what it is. And I, I just want, you know, for my, my melanated brothers and sisters out there, you know, we, we really need to understand that no one is going to save us. We have to save ourselves. We have to establish and build ourselves. I understand what was done to us, but at some point we're going to have to band together, come together, and and figure this thing out for ourselves. Community by community, which you know, in solidarity becomes an entire movement. We 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 can't wait and expect people to pull us out of this hole. We got to dig ourselves out for ourselves. And that's basically how I feel about that. Um, yeah. So that's all I got to say about the, the, the BLM stuff. I, I, I also wanted to, um, <laughs> on a much, much lighter note, have you guys heard about Usher Bucks? <laughs> no. Usher the singer? Yeah. So, uh, oh, tell me when he gave those fake fake dollars at um the club or something like that at the concert. Yeah, <laughs> they got his face on it, right? Yeah. So uh. here's here's the story. Here's here's the story, and, I, and I'm gonna um. It was originally put out there maybe about yesterday that this stripper put up on Instagram that um came to the strip club was throwing money. And uh, <laughs> made it rain. He, he, was throwing, he was throwing fake money uh, with his face on it, and they were calling him Usher Bucks. And so she was like, you know, starting this this big, you know, this this big fuss on social media that it took off, like it took off, and uh, <laughs> so this is. He- uh, part of the screen here now this is tmz uh from this thing but he should be uh, he, he can't go to jail for that nah nah but you know that there, there's an update to the story but for uh. like a full 24 hours people were going in on usher because you, you y'all see that money right one dollar bill twenty dollar bill hundred dollar bill Dang. <laughs> this is <laughs> 
hundred dollar bill, twenties with, with with all with his face on it, and it's <laughs> <laughs> so people was going in, man, and it was it was funny. However, it turned out that this was uh, a little bit of bullshit, um, because it 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 turned out that you know this was false, um, that he he wasn't paying strippers with fake money and uh, and the stripper basically wanted clout so she had to run it back uh, this this update was maybe like a few hours ago so th- this was recent but th- this is a promo thing that he's doing i'm guessing he's got a, a new album or something coming out and well, yeah so he well, you know he got a residency places. in las vegas too though so he got his residency so he might be getting uh, getting that hype around it and that start this year so this summer because i had planned on actually going to see him if i could have uh-huh. Uh, he gonna be he gonna be in Las Vegas this summer. Well, he probably did now because say he was in Las Vegas, right? Throwing money. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's so that makes sense. That that makes sense. But it, it was it was just funny because a lot of people was like, you know, what the the hell is Usher Bucks? Um, <laughs> Usher Bucks. <laughs> uh, but the club came out. The club said it was a lie. Uh, and the the stripper basically was like, you know what? Not I didn't say that he didn't throw any money, but this money was left behind. But she wanted clout, so now they're dragging her. Um, and I won't give the stripper any more clout by showing who she is because people do anything for views these days. At least let us see what she looked like. Okay, all right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. She might be worth a hundred usher bucks. A hundred usher, oh. yeah, uh, yeah, a hundred usher bucks. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, I mean, she got she got eighty two thousand followers on Instagram. B B Love. Uh huh. I'm gonna show you here. You know, you know, Craig want to see that thing. Uh huh. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta live my life somehow. <laughs> I would, I would, I, I would text it to you. Media. I would text it to you, Craig. But that ain't gonna, that ain't gonna do no good. Yeah, but plus I don't remember the comedian, but he had a set, and it'd be like. That ain't James. That ain't how James at. James come through talking about, ah, oh, God bless you, brother. Amen, brother. Amen. That ain't James. And then when James get around <laughs> the boys, he be like, man, we're the bitches and shit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Mike Epps. <laughs> I think it was Mike Epps. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was Mike Epps. The James don't yeah. act like that. All right, Craig, just because cause, you're a real one, my bro. <laughs> full screen layout this, this is be a love there she go <laughs> okay yeah she bought about, she about 100 200 yeah. bucks. about 100 bucks. yeah <laughs> Yeah, I th- I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think I think some Usher bucks. Um, you know, I, I I would never give her a Franklin. Uh, no. Nah. You you give her some Usher bucks though, huh? I I give her some Usher bucks. Yeah, she should get. You know, I I give it about about two or three Usher bucks. I ain't even gonna hold you. I give a thousand Monopoly dollars. <laughs> I give all the pink bills. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but can can I just be honest? She looks like every other girl. Yeah, that, that you every, find on, every, on every other. Like every other girl you find on Instagram looks like this. 
So, um, now, now let me tell you though, TikTok got a couple that don't look like that. The, true, but emphasis on a couple. So, TikTok got a couple of them. You got to call them peanut butter and Snicker. Uh huh. They, they got a couple on there. But again, it's 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 just a couple. So, but but yeah, I I, I look and I'm like, oh. Here you go, Craig. There's a thirst trap for you. <laughs> I'm not impressed. Yeah, so it's like you, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, okay, cool. You know, that's that's all I get. Okay, cool. Because you you look like every other IG model. This, yeah. And so, but yeah, there we go. Um, but that, that's all I have for the day. That's that's it. So, appreciate so that's, it. That's that was it, man. Uh, I'm I'm gonna do this one one more time though. I ain't even gonna. I'm gonna lie. Yeah, that, that, that was a job calling me, y'all. So I ain't gotta go to work. Hey, so yeah, oh. we gonna we go ahead in the stream. We gonna end the pod on this show, oh, right? Yeah, hey. Stop. Stop. Shut them down. Shut them down. Open up shop. In peace, the DMX Dark Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, <sighs> listen. I'm, I look. I'll tell you a quick story. That that that's how I met my wife. That's how I met her. I, I, I walked up in. Uh, we met in the library. Walked up in there with uh, with JJ, our other brother. Shout out to JJ. You know, Thug Jay Juicy. Yeah, walked up in there with Jay Juicy. You know, we just got out of this class or whatever. I was just there looking cool. I guess you know what that means. So, you know, I walked up in there in the library. Wife was up in there with with Jay Juicy's now wife, you know, you know. So they they was like, "Hey, what's up, rap?" I was like, "What up?" You know, bang down <laughs> on, you know, thugged out, nigga. And you know, so she looking at me, and I'm like, "What you want? Uh, what you want?" <laughs> you know what, 
That's what she said, and that's what you said. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm telling That's what he story. said. This is my story. I'm sticking to it. So I gotcha. look out like, like what you want? I did my little growl, and she got up and started walking away. And I was like, "Where you going?" <laughs> she was like, "You know, she's like, I need to change. You know, got, you know, got you know, a little moisture in some places." You know? Okay. So, you know, okay. So, you know, so, she, so you know, I was like, "I right, that's what I thought." What? That's <laughs> 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 crazy. Uh, and of course, I'm lying my ass off, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, rest in peace to DMX, man. And uh, if my wife heard what I was saying, it'll be rest in peace to me. And uh, <laughs> 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 but yeah, man. So we go ahead, go ahead and wrap this up, man. Uh, thank you guys for checking us out. This is this wraps up episode twenty four. Kobe, rest oh. in peace to Kobe. Uh, episode twenty four to talk my credo podcast. My brothers from another. Craig Mack, return of the Mac. Oh my God. Driving home. Stay safe, brother. <laughs> stay safe on the road. Mother, brother, minister, peace, Shaw, Shaw Duke. Thank you, guys. Yo, it's your boy. And, uh, <laughs> what? <Peace>. What? <laughs> when you was thirsty, <laughs> I gave you water. That was, a, that, was a belly, that was a belly reference, if you didn't know. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. See, that's what I'm about to. I'm about to watch Belly right now. I'm about to get something to Yo, eat. And watch Belly. <laughs> I'm. I'm be honest with you. I watched it the other day, and I was like, "Yo, when this movie came out, it was hot as fire, but it don't make no sense when you watch it. <laughs> no, it makes no sense. It, it's definitely one of those movies that just, it didn't age well. Like, nah, no. <laughs> when, when it first came out, like. Like I said, you it was the hottest day on the streets, and yeah. it, it was you you it was that and Keisha. I don't even know what she's <laughs> done since then. I, I, I don't know what her career has been since then, but all I know that's Keisha from Belly. That's yeah. all I know, and <laughs> that's, that's that's it. I think they had an article where they had her speaking about DMX and stuff. I was like, yo, that's Keisha from Belly. I have no idea what her real name is. That's Keisha. And uh, <laughs> but that's it. But nah, the the plot and the story of that movie, nah, it, it didn't age well at all. Nah, oh man, it, but maybe it's because I'm older. Nah, but I'll be honest with you, I've been in some older movie kicks lately. Like mm-hmm. I watched all of the Mexican movie. I watched uh, uh, Exit Wound, Romeo Must Die. You know, I, I've been watching some of his movies. Cradle Most of them the are pretty good. Yeah, Cradle to mm-hmm. the they're pretty good movies. And then I saw mm-hmm. Bella, and I was like, huh. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't put two but, and two together. But, but tell, but tell me this: in all of those movies that that you name, was there any one of those movies where you saw DMX and was like, "Nah, that's whoever his character is." Nah, that was it. Yeah, like he, he, they didn't have to give his character another name; it was still DMX. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> He, he they didn't even give him a script. Been. They just told him. They just told him, "Yo, go act it out." Yep. <laughs> Basically, like I don't care. Your, your, his name could have been Mark, Jacob, Jebediah, and, and Ezekiel in those movies, but nah, that's X. <laughs> that's DMX. Yeah. I don't know what your backstory is, who you are, where you come from. Nah, that's DMX right there. And because his 
his presence just took over whatever script you had for him. It didn't even yeah. matter what, what storyline you had him in. That's DMX going through that right there, and because yeah. he he was just he just overpowered whatever was on that script. But uh, <laughs> oh man, oh man. But yeah, so we're gonna get and wrap this up. So y'all, if y'all listening, thank you guys for checking us out. Uh, again, recently just found out that we are uh, we're on Amazon Music. Uh, we are on Pandora now. Pandora, and that's. Pandora don't just let everybody up in there. So I knew it. That's what's up. Talk my credo was on Pandora right now. So for you Pandora fans, look us up on there. So check us out. Check us out. The next time it's it's the the TMC boys signing off for another episode. Stay safe. Stay fly. Stay blessed. Okay. Check you out next time. (laughs) Peace. Peace.